Hi everyone, this is Rico and Tony. We're the Altieri Brothers, and welcome to the Art of Hair podcast. For the last four decades, we have been hair industry leaders as salon owners, celebrity hairstylists, platform artists, educators, and mentors in the awesome world of professional beauty. Our mission is to inspire and motivate you to become the best, the best hairdresser, the best artist, and the best person that you can be. It's time, time to reach for the stars, to let ourselves dream, and then turn those dreams into reality. This is your time right now. So, let's let's do this. Okay, so we have an awesome show today. We have a very, very well-known hairdresser. He's here with us, and we're very happy. Uh, We're good friends with him, but we're also very happy to have him for the podcast. He's an amazing get for us, so we can't wait to start with Alan. Let me tell you about him. Alan Papaleo is a salon owner and platform artist from Southern California. Alan was the international artistic director for Pravana, the company Pravana. He was a global artistic member with Matrix. Tony and I were also in that team. And uh, he was also a global artistic member for Aveda. Right now, he's the current senior artistic team member for Ergo Styling Tools. His work has been featured on both screen and print media, and he has many awards from the professional salon industry, including Los Angeles Master of the Craft and also Matrix Platform Artist of Year. I also won that one. Alan, so yeah. thank you very much. <laughs> Alan also has a degree in fine arts as well as a third degree black belt in karate. His approach to haircutting and finishing is that he uses these skills that uh, from all of these different disciplines and puts them into his hair. And I'm sure they all crisscross one way or the other. He's an amazing artist. He's an amazing hairdresser. So I want to welcome to the show, Alan Papaleo. What's up, Alan? Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you. It really is an honor to have you here with us. Ricardo was telling me he was talking to you a couple of weeks ago, back and forth, texting back and forth. I'm going, wow, Alan would be fantastic. He's got such a great personality. He's just a really positive individual. He's an incredible hairdresser. And he's got all sorts of things to share with us today. And, and, you know, for all of our listeners out there, Alan, I think what everybody wants to know is how did you get interested in doing hair? Okay, that's that's really a weird thing. So, you know, Ricardo mentioned about the karate thing. I was teaching karate for the Chuck Norris Studios. And uh, so Chuck was becoming the uh, movie star. So he sold the schools. So I ended up working at a women's health club where I met my wife to be. It was next door to a, a salon, top salon in, in uh, Redondo Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who owned the salon knew I was a painter, an artist. And he says, you know, he says, and he saw my paintings. He bought a couple. And he says, you know, you're really good with your hands and you're doing nothing with your life. Why don't you become a hairdresser? And I said, well, that sounds interesting. Tell me about it. You know? And a week later, I was in John Perry Beauty College going, what am I doing here? It was just crazy. And uh, I just fell in love with it. Let me ask yeah. you a question. Before that, what was your upbringing life? Do you have brothers or sisters or in your early life? How did that all fall apart? Well, you know, I born and raised in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. got out of high school, went uh, right out of high school, came right to California, LA, joined the Navy and uh, did a whole Vietnam thing. I have two sisters. Um, one lives in Reno, one passed. And, uh, you know, just, and she was also in, uh, actually both my sisters, the one that passed was, uh, worked at my salon and my other sister in Reno is a top manicurist. So, no, we all got into the business. 
Awesome. That's great. It's uh, it's interesting because family is a huge thing in the hair industry, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, you know, look, you two, you know, your your family, you know, you're a dynasty in, in what we do. And you know, you we have two types of families. We have the family that we're born with, and thank God, you know, some of us get together and stay together. But in our industry, also, we ha- we build a family. You know, the team we were on when we were on major team and so on. We were a true family, and it and it, it it doesn't uh, go away. Can I ask yeah. you a personal question? Absolutely. Because you look fantastic. We haven't seen each other in a couple of years. You really do. You're aging very well. How old are you? I'm 71, man. You're 71? Yeah. You look fantastic. I feel good, buddy. Yeah, you. Yeah, I can tell. And Rico, you, you're right behind him, and you look fantastic, too. I guess that's what the beauty business does for you. It keeps you young, doesn't it? Keeps us yeah. young. And, you know, it's really interesting, too, uh, when you think about it. Tony, I, when we when we are able to go to the shows, when we're walking around, you're still seeing the people in our generation, our age group, still doing it, still on those stages, still commanding the big audiences and have the energy. It's it's just amazing what this industry could do for us. Yeah, you're so right about that. Now we we had a long conversation, my brother and myself, and this other gentleman we were talking to the other day when he was saying the exact same thing you know you can walk around these you can walk around these educational whether it's on zoom or whether it's live and right in front of you the older people are the most experienced people and i think that we've got i think it's a little deeper in our soul when we've been doing it for so long i i have to agree with that you know i i think back fondly of those uh, years we were at matrix together and beyond that, and it's just the amount of energy. I mean, artistic energy was one thing, but it was like like a, a different type of soul to the uh, the teams back then. I mean, I, I'm I'm not disparaging anybody right now who's out there doing education. Absolutely, because when I was on the Pravana team, it was exactly the same thing. Uh, you know, yeah. with Graham Webb. You know, just you know, it, it, you become a different person when you are a hairdresser behind the chair. God bless you. You know, we, we still do that. You're a different person. You have a different vibe when you get into education. Somehow they doors and windows open and you know lights come out of the sky and and you hear those angels singing it really gives us opportunities to go even further than we ever thought we could i never thought in, in my wildest dreams that i would be doing what i'm doing today absolutely uh, you know i never did you know but i gotta tell you one thing one thing i always did whatever i got into whether it was the, the martial arts or uh Working in, in the in the health club industry or hair, I always surrounded myself and worked with the best people because I wanted to be like the best. So important. Isn't that the truth? You know, that's one of the things that I think our listeners will take from this. And it's one of the things that we're going to constantly bring them is the best. And that's why you're here. When you hear the stories of people and their success, it just inspires you and you learn from it. Whenever I see a show, I'm interested in what that hairdresser has to show me for sure. I want to see the techniques and the artistry. But I'm also so interested in their story because I'll learn from that story. Let me ask you a question. What are some of the early influences and mentors that you had? Okay, well, getting into when I got into beauty school, I really had no idea about anybody in the industry except the, uh, the John Perry at the time was a wonderful guy. But then here's an interesting story. So I'm still in beauty school, I'm not licensed. And our, our good friend, uh, Alan Bush at uh, Obius Academy, remember that one. And uh, so while I was in beauty school, I went there twice. I took two cutting classes at Obius. I, I, I lied to them and told them I was licensed. They never checked. They just wanted to check, you know. So I, I did two uh, two advanced courses at Obius. So I could say really, he was probably my very first one, he and Terry Donnelly. Then when I got when I had my first salon, about maybe three years after I got out, I Terry Donnelly came back in my life again, 
and uh, invited me to uh, meet up with her at Image Laboratories, where I met Tony Beckerman, uh, who was a wonderful man. And uh, I went on board with Image. And my very first, my very, very first beauty show, real show, was in Italy. We did, they took me to Italy. And I got the bug at that point. Mm-hmm. But, but then I, I got to tell you, I, I've had so many people I've looked up to, you know, Maurice Tidy, you name it. You guys, I mean, you guys were big influences on me. I would go to I, I remember going to the uh, Lakewood Country Club. Remember they had those those uh, educationalists there? And, and, oh, and yeah. So, I mean, they were crazy. And I mean, those were the days. But I, I would see you guys cut and I'd say, you know what? This is what I want to do, you know? I mean, I don't want to cut my fingers, but this is what I want to do. And it was just really amazing. And now, uh, going through all these years, now my, my closest mentor right now is Robert Reed of Virgo. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's a man that who doesn't physically do hair, but he, uh, he assists all of us that do hair in the best way possible with the best tools. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned all four of those people that you mentioned are all on our guest list. So oh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, they're all they're all legendary in their own right, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Bush, probably one of the most amazing haircutters I've ever seen in my Unreal. life. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. And Terry and, and uh, Robert. Yeah. All those guys. So and Beckerman. And Beckerman, yeah, Tony, for sure. Tony's a bad boy. Yeah, yeah. he is a bad boy. <laughs> You know that Tony um, Beckerman was actually Fidel Sassoon's assistant. Yes, yes, and that's a huge credit. Yeah, you know what's interesting? You walk the show floor with Tony Beckerman. You know, it'll take you almost an hour to get down one aisle because yes. he knows everybody in the show. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, what a what a great man. He's a great guy. Okay, so salon. Talk about how you got into your first salon, and then. From there, what have your salons been like, and what's what are you doing now? Okay, so my first salon, I was working at a at a really upscale salon in a tennis club, and unfortunately, the 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 owner was just a little bit of a crazy guy, and uh, he would just fly out the handle and just do a, you know irrational things and scream at us and so on. So one day, I, I I couldn't take anymore, and I called my wife. She was a flight attendant, and she was in New York. I said, you know, I just can't do this. She goes, you know what? you got to open your own place. And I was like three years into being a, a stylist. I go, you know what? Let's do it. So uh, about four months after that, I was uh, in my first salon, basically family. My my sister and my and my two sisters were with me, a couple other stylists. Sold that, went to another salon, and then sold that when they went to the uh, Doubletree Hotel in the San Pedro Marina. I was there for 25 years, had a beautiful spa there. I remember that. Oh, yeah, it was wonderful. You know, my wife, who's also a, a, an award-winning makeup artist, she also got into um, more of the esoteric field of uh, Reiki healing and all that sort of things. She's an amazing medical intuitive and spiritual person. You know, she basically saved my life because I, I was going down some paths at that time, like most of us, that could have really been a, a bad thing for me emotionally and you know mentally. So uh, we had a beautiful spa. And then after 25 years, about, about several years ago, I'll just say it, the Chinese government, which owns um, China Air, they bought the hotel. And I had two months left on my lease. And they said, uh, hey, you know, I said, I want to renew my lease. No problem. And a month later, I got a, a letter that says, you have 30 days to get out. We don't want you here. So for 25 years, I'm now going to be a nomad. So I went to of all our good friend, Andre Nezetich. Uh, I went to his salon for about a year and then uh, went to another friend's because, you know, again, you know, after my own business, it wasn't that it was difficult or didn't want to, couldn't ha- I had an ego so big I couldn't be in another salon, but I just wasn't happy and it wasn't what I wanted to do. So um, 
about a year ago, a friend of mine, a good, a good friend of mine, she actually worked for me. She opened a, a nice little salon uh, across from the um, the USS Iowa down in San Pedro, right on Harbor Boulevard. Cool location. And I was with her. And then this last August, my daughter moved uh, with the grandkids to Charleston, South Carolina. And my son lives in England with his kids. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, we don't have anybody else, any more family here in uh, California. It's time we make a move. So in August, we moved here to Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, so I, I mean, I completely took a leap of faith. You know, there's a wonderful Buddhist quote that says, leap and the net will appear. And you know, I find, you know, I've taken a lot of chances in my life and have always come out on top. I'm making this big chance, you know, I'm, I'm jumping. So we moved here to South Carolina. And fortunately and unfortunately, the, the COVID thing actually helped me out because of closing our salons, as you know, uh, we couldn't be really doing much in, in, in work. So I had to change the way I was doing work as you guys are doing it and everybody else in our industry. So now I'm here in South Carolina. I'm doing Zoom education for Ergo. I, I fly back uh, once a month to Los Angeles, uh, which I you know hope to change that because it's, you know, it's getting out of hand now. But I want to, uh, I, I do my clients there. And I'm building up my uh, my reputation here, which has been pretty kind of a fun thing to do. You know, the scariest thing, Tony and Rico, is to re reinvent uh, yourself. And listen, you guys, you know, I've seen you uh, from show to show reinvent yourself. And I, you know, it's it's important that we do that because if if we stay the same, if I was doing the same things I was doing 25 years ago, I'd be very stale to myself and to my clients. So I, I really need to really uh, always up the ante. I do that with my paintings. I do that with with everything I do, and it's it's really important. And I think that moving here to South Carolina, which is an amazing place, which I done years ago, has given me a new outlook, a new uh, reason to get excited about what I do. I'm meeting great hairdressers here in uh, Charleston. Went to a couple of beauty schools, making some connections. So I'm ready to do do another decade of this crap. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think you're going to do amazing there. You're a born leader, so it won't be long until I'm sure you have an amazing salon there and are uh, and are leading some people. and And I know that you love to mentor like we do, so they're lucky to have you there. I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about your art later on in the podcast, but I want to talk to you about the Matrix experience. Just how did you get into Matrix and Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, when I went to uh, Image, Tony Beckerman was the you know, the head man there, you know. And uh, when he left Image, he went to Matrix. And about a year after his, when well, he, uh, he was in Matrix, Image started to change. There was a lot of lot of things going on. And uh, Tony called me and he said, we could use you here. You know, I said, well, that sounds good to me. So I went back and interviewed back in Solon and... Uh, went on, came on board. And that was really the, I think that was probably the most life-changing move as far as getting into education, because the education department was so strong. You know, Arnie Miller was just a visionary and the people he he hired, he surrounded himself with were just is amazing. And, you know, Linda Langley, all those wonderful people uh, who, who mentored us, uh, Grace, you know, Nowitzki, they were just amazing mentors. And uh, then getting into the uh, onto the global team, working with with you guys, uh, our, our great artist conferences we had, which were they were legendary, and we can't even talk about some of that stuff. There was so much fun, and then getting into craft, the craft, you know, helping to to design the craft haircutting, the, the, doing the videos, and remember uh, Rico, you and I, we did that, that big painting at one of our artist conferences there. And, you know, it was I look back and and Joe Santi, I just talked to Joe Santi the other day. Uh, you know, he is doing amazing. You know, the guy is he's semi-retired, but he's still working hard. He's still yeah. doing his little plex. You know, the guy is just stellar. 
And again, uh, and I talked to Don Matlack uh, daily almost. Uh, he's re- again retired, but still, you know, still in the industry in the, behind the scenes. We had a culture there that was completely different. And and I, you know, as much as I love Pravana and I, and I loved, I, I was with Graham Webb. There was still a little bit different culture with Matrix. I just have such great uh, memories about all that. You know what I found is that speaking on that. So when we were at Matrix with you, we had just a team of wow, incredible. I mean, there was like 80 super amazingly talented, Nick talented artists, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was great. And so we were all naturally in competition with each other because that's what hairdressers do. We all want to be, you know, the top dog. But I remember that once we all started collaborating together and working on things together, working on the craft cutting system, writing books and, you know, doing our conferences together and being on stage together, pretty soon you just, I find that when you when you work with somebody and collaborate with them, that's when the, the borders go down and you're no, no longer in competition with them. You're pulling for them. So Exactly. Yeah. We were one big family and, and it was one big ass kicking family because we would go <laughs> right. and have people take notes. You know, we'd get off the stage, you'd be powering in. You'd get off the stage, McKinder would be powering in. And it was just roll over, roll over till you just hairdressers and other companies. They didn't have a breath of air left. We yeah. just took the air out of them. That's the energy of a hairdresser. And we just learned from each other. I mean, what, what I liked also is the fact was that, that we were kind with each other. Nobody pulled punches, though. You know, when you you had to pull your weight. And if you didn't pull your weight, uh, you know, you, you you were caught out for it. Yeah. And, we all uh, learned from each other, too, right, Alan? Well, if, yeah. You're, if you didn't pull your weight, you weren't getting booked again. Arnie was pretty, you know, he ran the, he ran the army. He ran Arnie's army. But he was a tough guy, too. Remember those days? Uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on her name now. When you would, you would get off stage. And the, the, the oh, what's her name? Uh, J, uh, JT. Yeah. And she would take, come here, boys. And she'd take me and Dupal. Come here, boys. Um, we didn't get any sales after that last. <laughs> but she, they went, oh, man, your head was hanging down. It was crazy. Yeah, better I mean, get on your game. You were all out, you know? Yeah, but, um, you know, too, people, they, they want to they want to have the, the, the fame nowadays. But, you know, you, you have to go through all this sort of um, this upbringing we had, you know, and it was it was brutal at times. But, you know, what we learned. It was amazing. You know, we've had a, also a Veda salons ourselves. So like you talked about, we reinvent, reinvented ourselves. When we left Matrix, we started back in our salons because we were traveling so much at that point in our life. We couldn't really maintain our clientele. So we got it back into our salons and we, we started with Aveda. You were with mm-hmm. Aveda. Tell yep. me about how you got with Aveda and, and well, uh, what that experience was like. I, I had to go back up. I, I said my very first show was was in Italy with with uh, Image, but I had to go before that. I actually did several shows with, with Aveda at Long Beach. And uh, the I, I actually got that gig. My wife and I actually got booked together because she was doing a makeup for my models. But do uh, you remember a guy named Caesar? He he had the uh, beta um, distributorship back there back then, and uh, he asked me to come in, and they, they needed some people to run the beta booth, you know, to do some hair. And so it was actually kind of a, a nascent thing. It was it was really new, and I just loved the, the fragrances. I loved it all. And you know, it's interesting because now you know with Ergo, we we've partnered with not only with Pivot Point but with uh, with the beta schools. So they use our tools, our brushes and our dryers and, you know, that sort of thing. And so I, I get to go to the Aveda schools right now, those beautiful schools. And I don't know if you've ever visited one of those places. They're absolutely mind-blowing. What I love about the Aveda concept 
it, it, it really is a concept. It's, it's a complete uh, lifestyle. I mean, I, from the, the moment you, it's the class starts, they all, they all come into, the, into the, uh, the big room there and they, the, the teachers come in and they, they do the morning, um, you know, the morning talk and but they're all together. There's like this, there's a cohesiveness that I didn't see in other, in other places. And they build a truly strong structure, a family structure, a professional structure that way. And that's really important. And I, I, I really hope that, that most people, when they go to beauty school, get that kind of a, a feel. Because, you know, when you get your chops, uh, you know, sort of laid down in beauty school, I mean, we, we miss a lot of things. I mean, I, was, I, did, I never got a haircutting class. I was just throwing a haircutting ticket. You know, I, I missed one day when we were doing a, a blow dry. So I came in and did a blow dry on my own. And, and we were perfecting my mistakes for years until I got with Ergo. So, you know, we, we need to have those kinds of schools, like, like the Aveda, like that concept, to help us uh, forge a path forward, because if you if you have a, if you have a strong path, it's like with my painting. I mean, I I do different styles, but but my my artistic path was forged a certain way with my with my ability to look and, and see things a certain way and to really be honest with my path. You know, that's one of the things that I see about a lot of hairdressers is that they get discouraged because they have never been told or shown how to create their own niche or their own little uh, persona behind that chair. You know, and they're, and they're, 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 they're doing five bobs a day, but they're starting each bob differently, you know, because it's, they, get, they get bored, whatever it is. You need to have structure. Once you have that structure, then you can get real crazy with it. You know what, Alan? You are so talented as a human being. For and, and people that have never seen Alan and, and uh, had the pleasure to be around him, watch him work and so forth, he's mastered three arts. He's mastered the art of hair. He's mastered the art of fine art painting. And he's mastered the art of karate. How do all three of those combine and how fundamentally all of those relate to each other? They are seamless. You know, one of the things that uh, is kind of sad for me is when I hear people in our industry complain about their their pains, you know, their shoulder pain, their wrist pain, whatever it is, you know, their back pains. I remember sitting uh, about, oh, maybe about five or six years ago after uh, a show we're at the hotel bar. You know, we Sometimes we would go there, right? Oh, a few times. And, <laughs> and I, I was sitting there listening to all my friends complaining about their injuries. And I, this is a true story. And um, I'm thinking to myself, I don't have any of those pains. And I, no, I went back to my room at night. I'm later thinking, I don't have those back pains. I don't, I'm wondering why. And I, it dawned on me that I actually hold my body the right positions when I'm working. That comes from the martial arts. When you're doing any kind of uh, martial art, I, I did the Tong Sudo with the Chuck Norris system. You know, I learned from Chuck, you know, I mean, we were just, I mean, he was my, my personal instructor for three years. I learned how to maneuver my body in ways that were the most efficient and powerful at the same time. So using, a, you know, proper stance, back stance, side stance, you know, not hunching over, learning to move around the chair is a lot like moving around in the martial arts. You're still moving with a purpose. You see, there's a purpose. So now artistically, I'm doing a, a painting. I have to be able to see first. I, I, I mean, I really need to be able to have the concept, see the concept, decide what I'm going to use, lay down my tools, my paints, my, my brushes, whatever I'm going to use. How do I use these now these tools in the right way to get that concept? So what I want to do is, like I do with my hair cutting and coloring, is I see the finished product first. I have to see it in here. Sounds kind of woo-woo out there, and people, people always say that. But it's the truth. If you can't see it finished before you start, you're, you're in a world of, uh, of crap because you need to be able to get in and get out 
efficiently because our time is our money. You know, we don't have time to spend, you know, just hitting and picking that hair, hoping, praying that something is going to happen, something good. So the concept of my body movement, my focus, my even my breathing, the tools I'm using, uh, my, my concept of, of vision, all combine. And it really works out perfectly for me. I mean, I, I can't say it worked, but we'll do that for everybody. But for me, it really does. Now, if you're a person who doesn't, hasn't done karate, maybe you do yoga. It's the same thing. It's, it's a mind-body connection. You know, whatever's coming off of you know, my paintbrush, it started in my head, my eyes. I saw it. And it traveled down my arm into that release, whether it's a comb or it's a, it's a paintbrush or it's a punch. It still travels that same route. Wow. So, that, you know, when you're saying this, this blows my mind because this is exactly the, the way that Tony and I also teach. What we do is we teach our students. That's what we're teaching. I'm kind of saying I'd never put it into words like you just did, but you just hit it on the head. It's like you have to envision in your mind's eye first. We back away from it so that we can get the proper perspective, because when you're up too close onto something, you can't see the perspective of it. You don't see the relationship to everything, the person's body, you, you know, or you, you can't be too close. You have to back away. So I back away. I envision it. Then I run it over. I run it sort of through in my mind's eye. And then I go in and I accomplish it. And then I back away. I see what I've done. I assess it. I decide what I have to do again. I come in and I, and I approach it. So exactly what you're saying. And as we get go further into our career, you have to also rely on your gut feelings, your instincts that it's, it's time to stop. You know, the, the art of haircutting is knowing when to stop. I've always said less, less is more. Absolutely. You got to take Absolutely. the hair away from where it needs to be taken away from, and you got to keep the hair where it needs to be left. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of funny. Sometimes it's not funny, but when you, so you watch somebody who, you know, they're lost because they keep combing. And you know that they're, as they're, as they're combing, they're praying in their head, please make something happen here. You know, and, and, and my rule of thumb has always been, if I don't think it's going to work, you have to talk with yourself, I could do this, I could do that, well, maybe I shouldn't. If, if I ever have a maybe I shouldn't or that's not going to work, or would I do it to my own hair, I don't do it. Because I've, the times that I've, I've let that, that uh, evil little angel on that shoulder get his way, I've, it's always come back to haunt me. I've always had to go change something or I got to complain about it. So it's really, you know, we have to build up the, the skills, but also build up the confidence to tell yourself, I'm right. I'm not going to do this. You know, I'm walking away. Wow. That's such fantastic advice. Hey guys, this is Ricardo. I just wanted to get in here for a second and tell you about a product line that Tony and I have developed just for you. It's a line for professional hair artists that are looking for every advantage to take their work to the next level. The line is called The Art of Hair, and it is a line of professional hair care products to use in the salon behind the chair that will help you create the best results you have ever seen. The way these products perform is truly incredible. It's all due to a very few things. First is our refusal to put our name on anything that is not the best in the industry. And next, we use the highest quality ingredients that's containing a botanical blend of antioxidants that will strengthen and hydrate while creating the healthiest hair on earth. The Art of Hair products are the most innovative, cutting edge performance driven products to hit the market ever. Let's take your salon game to the next level. Go to Altieri, theartofhair.com. Your clients will love you.
I want to talk about, you know, I'm an, I'm an artist as well. I'm not in your class, that's for sure. We do def- totally different kind of work, you and I. You do very real, realistic stuff. I mean, I just saw a couple of your new paintings. My mind was blown because it is just like real life, what I was looking at. It's just incredible. Every hair, incredible. So that nape area right there is a painting? Yeah. Great? He's amazing in, in, in the style he does. I... I personally don't try to even attempt to do that because it would disappoint me <laughs> because it's not, it can't be anything. What I do is more impressionistic things and abstracts because I like to work sort of in kind of the way I got into it. And I'm sure you're going to relate to this and you can expound on this. The way I got into art is I think I want to be a painter and I want to be a sculptor. And I think I could do those things because I do them with hair. And if I take those same fundamentals and principles and I put them into another art form, it should pan out for me. And so um, that's the, the way I got into sculpting, because when I cut hair, that's how I, I really approach it as sculpting. It, like what, going back to what we were talking about prior, it's like if you want a haircut that's really front heavy and into the face and, you know, real heavy forward, what do you have to do? You got to take out the back, right? Because right. it's you have to leave, you have to create an illusion. You have to take off somewhere to give the other, the, the counter to that more prominence. You can't add hair on. You have to take away from one area to build up to in another area. That's what sculpting is. And with hair and with artists, it's all hair is balance, color, shape, texture, form. And, you know, I just take that and I use it in my art. So how do you approach the art that you do on canvas now? And how does it relate to the art that you do on hair? Years ago, I, I had a T-shirt made uh, when we were at uh, Image. It said, hair is art you can part. You know, it's, it's just another, it's another medium, you know. And so, you know, when we cut hair, when we color hair, you know, just, it's just another medium to use. But when I do a, a, a painting, of course, I have concepts. And I, I'm, getting, I'm self-taught so uh, in, in, in some of this stuff. You know, I went to school for my for fine arts. I got my degree, but I didn't do any of the work I'm doing now. It's completely not this work. Uh, and actually, it was probably a lot more uh, like what you're doing. I mean, impressionism. I was really being a very fluid, freeform artist, which we should be anyway. What I, work I'm doing now, I've taught myself, but it's a little more. It's a little more uh, tight and precise, almost photorealistic. And I enjoy that. I mean, for me, it's it's at this point now. This is like a meditation. When I get in front of my my uh, my easels, when I start drawing, I start applying paint. The music I put on is, is Hindu uh, Sanskrit mantra. It's just great music, and I meditate with my brush. Alan, you know what's fantastic about what you're saying is that you basically are putting yourself into a mindset. Absolutely. I mean, I know that when I walk into the salon, some mornings I'm off, and there's some mornings I walk into the salon and I feel that I'm indestructibly on on point. And that's like life in general. Every time I walk in the salon, I try to put my mind into a mindset of positiveness, happiness, feeling good about myself, about my family, about my business. And mindset really runs everybody's business. If you know, I don't care if you're doing hairdressing, if you're doing art, if you're doing Taekwondo, if you're doing that. But it's something, it's a whole nother part of the whole situation. You know what I'm saying? Well, listen, you can't be angry and grateful at the same time. So why not pick being grateful? For me, being able to get up in the morning, and I've I've done this for years, I'm truly grateful because there are a lot of people who just, they wake up in bed, but they can't get out of bed. 
we're temporarily able because things happen in life. We need to, you know, so in going to work, I know just what you're talking about. We go to work and sometimes we're, oh, I'm just ready to you know, create some hair. And then sometimes you go, oh man, why am I going? But you know what? Thank God that if you're going to have surgery that morning, you don't want that your your surgeon going, going I feel like right. great. Oh, I don't want right. to go. You know, you know, so it's really up to us to to cheerlead ourselves in the morning, you know, and then really question ourselves as, as to why we feel that way. You know, I don't want to get, you know, like a, like a psychologist here. But, you know, the thing is that most of us and I, I did this years ago, too. You, you would leave a salon or whatever you do. Uh, the music wasn't good or, or I didn't like this or they didn't have the best coffee or they never had a right mag. You know, you find all these reasons why you weren't successful. And the real reason why you weren't successful is the one that was looking in the mirror at you. It's That's you. Right. You know, so, you know, so for for any young person starting off in this industry, I try to tell beauty school students, whether I'm, I'm at the a Pivot Point School or Aveda or, or, or just uh, John Perry Beauty College, I always tell them a couple of things. First of all, I say, you know, if you were, say in Los Angeles, I would tell people in, in, in Torrance, you know, California, I'd say, mm -hmm. you're here living in Torrance or you're living in Studio City. If you want to work in Hollywood or you want to work, you know, in Santa Monica, don't start working in Studio City or Torrance because you're going to get caught up building a clientele and you're not going to want to leave them. Go to where you want to end up. First of all, start off where you want to be. It, it, it'll be just as hard, but start off where you want to be. So now you're already halfway there. Mm -hmm. But then don't make excuses. You know, people aren't paying us money for our excuses. So you, so you really have to as, as learn these, these core habits in beauty school. And unfortunately, a lot of beauty schools don't have that kind of education. So, you know, we need to really, really change the way we are, we are taught in school. Then you, you got to go to a salon to work that has that same kind of a feel. You know, why hang out with, with, with dogs if you're going to get fleas? You know, I mean, you want, you just want to get into the right situation. And I don't, I've never expected any salon owner to give me the education. I, I took the education but I went out for it. And you guys remember this. And I know you remember this. You know, about 20 years ago, 25 years ago, we were taking classes all the time. Oh. They were, we're teaching classes and then we're going home and we're taking classes. You know, nothing, nobody handed the Altieri's anything. Nobody had the Papaleo or Beckerman anything, especially Beckerman. Back in those, those days, it was really brutal. You know, we, we got in, we, got, we invested our time, invested our, our energy, and if, even after hours to continue to build our brand, to build our skills. If you don't want to go all in, don't go in at all because you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing, you're really, you're doing the clients a real big disservice. You know, it's, it's not fair to them. You know, nobody wants mediocrity and mediocrity is something that becomes habit. It's so easy to become mediocre and think it's normal. And it's so easy to make excuses, isn't it? There's certain things that you do in life where there are no excuses. You have to take on that responsibility and own up to it. And I always tell everybody, if you're going to make it, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to make right, it. Right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Alan, if you've, I don't know about what you and Rico were talking about last week, but we have a brand new hair care line we're just coming out with. Oh, cool. And it's called The Art of Hair. Love it. And all the art on our eight, we, we're starting with eight particular products. And all of the art that's on the packaging is Ricardo's art. Wow. Yeah. And each one of them tell a story. And, you know, hairdressers love stories. Yeah. So I know we're going to send you some because we're sending all of our guests and we haven't launched it. And, you know, thank God we didn't launch it last year. We were ready to, but COVID came in and we just 
barely escaped it. So we're waiting for this to pass through. And so we're launching it in January or early February. You know what? Yeah, Matt, are you available to do some education for us? Yeah, positively. Absolutely. Let's talk about something that hairdressers are extremely interested in because everyone's into the new, new, new tools. You work for, you work for a tool company right now. On a short little 60-second advertisement for Ergo, why don't you go ahead and talk about that? Well, you know, I'm going to start off by saying that uh, as an artist, as a painter, I can go to uh, Joann's or Michael's and buy some cheap brushes. I can even go to Home Depot and buy paint and brushes and create a painting. But, you know, the work that I do now, I can't use cheap brushes. Uh, They fall apart. they, They don't last. And I don't get the finish on the canvas that I need. The same thing goes with tools, with brushes. You know, when I first started using Ergo brushes, I thought, okay, well, you know, they're great brushes. I mean, they feel good. But, you know, a brush is a brush is a brush. Totally wrong. You know, the the Ergo brushes are 20% longer, which means you get 20% more hair on the barrel, which means you're doing this 20% less, which means you're getting done 20% faster. The bristles have, you know, tourmaline. Uh, They they create shine in the hair. There's a warranty on the brushes. We have uh, seven brushes, two uh, paddle brushes, five round brushes. They're phenomenal. I honestly, I, I'm so thankful that I got involved with Robert. When I when I go and when we do shows, you know, here we are, a brush company. You've been by our, our, our booth. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's a meeting place. I mean, all well, the top dogs in the industry are yeah, there. That's what I was it. just, that's what I was just about to say. Every time I would go by the Ergo booth, you were looking at 10 of the hottest freaking hairdressers in the building Absolutely. right there. And the work that you guys were doing right there in, in a 20 by 20 booth was better than any work that was going on down the aisles oh, on a $2 million, on a $2 million stage. And I got to tell you, the really cool thing about uh, the uh, Ergo tools, and we have the art of the blow dry, which we, we go out and do. It's either a hands-on uh, experience or they could uh, look and learn, but there really is a, a method to blow drying hair to create a finish faster and uh, more durable and reproducible. It's unbelievable what, what we came up with with this. Uh, it's, it's taken us about seven, eight years to really get the, to nail down the concept. In fact, I'm doing a bunch of videos right now that I'm, I'm, I'm going even deeper. It's kind of crazy deep. It's like, it's like a magnifying glass deep into the ins and outs of blow drying. You know, people say, you know, well, you know, okay, a blow dry is a blow dry, but you realize oh, something. Shit. Yeah. When you, one of your guests, when, one of your clients, uh, uh, Tony or Rico, when they, when they go to the mall, somebody who stops and they go, oh my God, I, I love your hair. I, I love your hair. They're not saying to that person, you know, I love the angles in that haircut. I love that, that 3RV and, and 4N color. They don't know yeah. what's going on there. What they're complimenting that yeah. person on the finish. The yeah. finish. Right. And we don't finish enough as we should. It's the health of the hair. It makes it the healthier the hair looks and the more you drop and close that cuticle and seal it like Rico's a genius at it. You're a genius at it. You know, I'm fair at it. And but, product never an option. Product is, and, yeah. and now you came out with something fabulous. Product yeah. is never needed. Alan, I'm gonna when you try uh, these products that we we're gonna send you, I want you to try them on your blow dries. I think they'll even take your blow dries to another level. You'll see, especially with Ergo tools. I do love Ergo to, uh, brushes myself. They're quite unique and a step above. You know what? That's awesome. I mean, God, you're so on my plane, dude. Whenever I talk to you, I get super pumped because what it does is it just makes me want to get better. Every time I talk to you, I just, I, I'm like, I want to be a better hairdresser now. So 
you're doing something right. I want to, you know, my, my favorite hairdressers, Rico, are, are the people that inspire me and make me do better. He makes and me Alan is definitely one of those kind of guys. Well, I want to go do hair right now. I would like to ask you right now on, on the, on this podcast, would you like to collaborate with us on a, one of our YouTube shoots? We'll create a, a trend with the, with one another. Would that be awesome? That would be perfect. I would love to do it. I would love to have you. I would love to, to work with you and collaborate with you and uh, learn from you. So all of your art, as far as your fine art that you do with the paintbrush on canvas and all of the art that you do behind the chair or in a model's shoot, I will get some of that from you. And we will put in the show notes how these listeners can visually get a hold of some of this art that you're talking about because I want them to see it. That's perfect. I appreciate right. that. We, we'd appreciate it. So what do you have going in the future? What's what's on your plate? Well, just finishing up these uh, four or five videos that I'm, I'm working for uh, on for Robert right now for uh, their really in-depth um, blow-dry videos. And, it's not, and actually, it's not even so much um, a blow-dry. It's it's really uh, the breaking down every little movement we make because, you know, once you know the movements and you know why you're doing it, it really is like driving a car. You don't think about it. You just end up at your destination without a lot of hassle. So it's, Alan, it's, you're, you're a kindred spirit to me because I've done the same thing without ever even talking to you. Yeah. I've sort of got a very similar approach to the way I teach. I talk about things that are that nobody will talk about, but they all contribute to the whole, correct? Isn't it blow dry just, okay, just a million parts all coming together? Absolutely. So the other day, I'm writing down my notes for this, this these concepts, and I'm thinking about, you know, when we're blow drying hair, say you're, you're using a rubber and you're pulling it, you know, you're, you're creating tension in the hair, but, you know, you're also creating, you know, graduation because, you know, tension can create graduation can create graduation if you're working below the, that horizontal 90. Yeah. So you know, we, have, we have to understand, you know, if we're blowing that bob dry, we want a lot more graduation in that hair to really show off the cut. We need to put the tension where it's needed. It's how you place your tools in, the, the heat of the dryer, the volume of, the, of, of air going through the dryer, the tension you're using, uh, how you cool it, you know, that cold shot. There's so much we're not really thinking about. We're just trying to get the blow dry done because we're already behind. Is without a doubt. All the while, all the while, you have to pay attention to the root direction. You have to pay attention to the pH of the hair before you start. Absolutely. You have to, you have to pay attention to you know the shine and where you want it, where you want to see the shine to highlight the cut because when it shines more, it comes out at you. It creates volume. It comes forward. When it doesn't shine, it go, it recesses. So. All those things go into you enhancing your shape, correct? Absolutely. And re- think about this too. You know, most people will get that hair dried as fast as they can. And then they use that flat iron, which is a great tool, but they use the, the flat iron or curling iron to put a false shape in the hair. Bad, bad habit, horrible habit. It, the, the flat iron, if, if you're going to use it uh, instead of straightening, or is this there to touch up? Your round brush skills should be so stellar that you, that your guest is going, oh my God, you know, you're amazing. You don't need an iron. Yeah, you, know, you, you do it the right way. And by the way, one, one of the cool thing about, about the brushes, the ergo brushes, because it has an extra long handle, when your client, you show them how to, to do their hair, they can get back here so much easier than with a short brush. So, you know, if you're really helping out the guests take the, the brush home, you're helping out your work. So proper tools are just so important. Big time. And, and uh, proper know-how and education is yep. key, right? Education yep. is the key to success. Yes. Wow, isn't Alan great? I just want to take a moment and let you know that, of course, we have known about Ergo Tools and Robert for years. And yes, we love to use our Ergo Tools behind the chair every day as well. 
The greatest thing that I can say about Ergo is that they exist for you, the hairdresser. Their focus is on creating styling tools that make you work easier while allowing you to have a healthy, long career. And that speaks to why you should check them out as a professional partner. For the listeners of this podcast, there is a special discount offer when you use the code, The Art of Hair. Use it for 20% off. Find out why Alan is so passionate about his role at Ergo. We know that you will also come to appreciate their purpose and passion in serving you as the professional hairdresser. Before using the code and to make certain that you receive professional pricing, please create a pro account. This will take just a moment and require you to upload your Cosmo license. Go to ergostylingtools.com forward slash discount forward slash the art of hair for 20% off. Make it easy on yourself and go to our show notes and this link will be inside our show notes for this episode. Check out Ergo. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, look at look under our um, our websites, Altieri, The Art of Hair. It's fantastic. And once again, we're going to send you some of this. Um, Good, thank you. And then I'd like your feedback on on it. Talking about a blow dry, you talking about blow dry and how how important it is in this business to finish the hair properly. But there's this product that we've got called Love mm-hmm. L O V E, and I think it's the best blow dry serum I've ever used in my whole life. And I'm not just saying it because it's ours, the way we developed it. But I want you to feel it out. Get back to Rico or get back to myself. Tell us what you think about it. I will. We'll send that to you ASAP. Good. Um, what about, you know what? Talk to these talk to these hairdressers out there because people love awards and they love achievements right. in someone's career. And everyone, you know, even with, I remember when I was in beauty school, I was going down to Long Beach and doing haircutting, you know, hair school, beauty school competitions, you know? And, you know, that's pretty scary back in the day. But, like, what have been some of your awards, some of your achievements in your career since day one till few, till present day? Well, you know, one of the ones I really enjoyed was um, getting was the Master of the Craft member, uh, JoJo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, really, I, I really enjoyed that award, getting that, because we were at the Mayan Theater, a great presentation space. Uh, we were able to, I, I had choreographed models. It was, it was a, just a stunning event for me. And I was being awarded that with some other wonderful people at the same time, uh, George Alderette, and other, you know, the great people all at the same time there. And it really made me feel like I was um, part of something really special. You know, I never, I never entered Naha and not because of any fears, it was because it was just because of other uh, things that I have to do and need to do. It takes a lot of dedication, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of money, too, but it takes a lot of dedication to get that team together. But, you know, uh, again, uh, winning, you know, uh, I got some awards down in, in Latin America, uh, over in Italy. But for me, I, I, and I'm really being, I'm not being sappy, I'm being real. The best rewards I get are when I'm at a show like at Long Beach and someone will come up and you can see them standing, you know, they're watching us do things, people walking back and forth. And you see them looking at you and you know they want to come up and talk to you. Finally, they, you, you look at them and you call them in and they'll say, I just wanted to say that I saw you at a, at a class or I, I saw you on YouTube and you changed my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that blows me away because, you that know. blows any trophy out of the box. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly because you've taken someone who. No, let's face it, you guys, we're up on that stage. When I, you're on a stage, or Nick, or uh, Brian and Sandra, all those people, when they're up on the stage, people in the audience are looking up going, I could, a lot of them are going, I could never be like that. Of course. You know, but the thing is that they can. 
here's you no. Know we were talking about this earlier. I want I wanted to interject in something. I, I think the best platform artists don't do all their best presentation for me on stage. I watch how people react to the audience when they come off that stage, how they take their time to interject more things for them, talk with people, listen to them, and become become a human to them, you know, and listen to their woes. Because let's face it, we can do the craziest stuff we want up on the stage. But you know, a lot of those people are sitting in the audience, they can't they're gonna say, I can't do that myself. I mean Alan, you know you you know as well as I do that <laughs> exactly what you said is exactly true you don't sell the product from on the stage you sell the product when you're off the stage absolutely and big companies like arnie who had that vision and he paid us a lot of money all you know what kind of platform team do we have we had something that was never done since and will never duplicate it again no doubt about it and he knew that he paid for it but look how it paid off for him too absolutely. at the same time you know yeah. you got to give someone like that <laughs> Absolutely. People that don't know Arnie Miller don't really know how the business really started. Yes. I had a, a really awesome experience just last year at Long Beach. I was at the show and we were interviewing people and just kind of taking it in for the first time because we usually are working it. But uh, all of a sudden, bam, I heard this commotion going on and all of a sudden, Sam Villa walks out onto stage. He doesn't have he doesn't have any music. He doesn't have any any awesome models. He's got a mannequin and a stand. And he just proceeded to school myself, <laughs> Tony, and everybody in the audience. It was amazing. And that's what a, an awesome platform artist can do. You know what? One of my biggest memories, uh, fondest memories, are uh, two years ago in Chicago when I was up on, on, on my stage and I looked down and Sam was sitting in the front row. Oh, that's awesome. I, I said, okay, can you just put any more pressure on me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, no, but you know what? Actually, you know what's that makes you do Sam? your best work. Absolutely. No, you know what's great about Sam? And just like people like yourself and hopefully Tony and I and, and all the people that we're talking about and we'll have on this on this show, usually they're they're the, the most uh they're the most ho for you. They want you to succeed. So, you know, they're they're when they're in the audience, they're just they're egging you on to do your best. They don't they're not sitting there going, you know, I, I want you to make a mistake. They're like back there cheering you on or they're saying, yeah, you're killing it. You know, do it, do it. Because when you're, when you hit that level, you just, you want to take everybody up. And yeah. uh, so yes. anyway, that's what you do. And that's what you've done for me in this podcast. I want to say thank you so much for spending so much time with us. And why don't you give everybody some of the ways that they can get in touch with you right now? I will. So uh, I, I do answer emails. So Papaleo Fine Arts at AOL.com. My uh, Instagram is Papaleo Fine Arts. And um, that's probably the, the two best ways to get a hold of me. And if they want to get your phone number, they really got to talk to you. Call me and I'll, and I'll screen them and then I'll give it to them. I, well, I'll give them, actually, I'll give them my, my, my one number, which is uh, not my private number, but I do answer is uh, 310. Five one four three seven four four, and uh, just leave a message. I'll get back to you. I promise you. Perfect. I've had a lot of discussions with some great hairdressers, you know, through the past couple of weeks. But this is one of the best conversations. But not just because we worked at the same company forever. You just have a very similar outlook on doing hair the same way that Ricardo and myself do. So, from myself and Ricardo, I'm sure we both thank you for your time. My Let's pleasure. get back soon. You'll Let's work together, Ken. We will. I'll call you tomorrow, but also I want to say for everybody, we're going to get through this COVID thing. No problem, guys. 
Yeah. You know, a lot stronger and uh, actually a little more introspective of who we really are as people. Thank you. God very bless much. you guys. All right. God bless. Thank God bless you, all. And thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. It's been an honor. Thank you for tuning into the Art of Hair podcast with the Altieri Brothers. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For full show notes, full transcripts, and resources to help you become the best, visit us at altierytheartofhair.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at altierytheartofhair.com.